0: Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when are going to be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you, folks, it's never going to be time to panic because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth it fighting for. America's worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on Dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with? You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program.
1: Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Delighted as always to be with you. Remember our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite downloaded listening projects, etc. Wendy Bell Radio, like, follow, share, five-star review. We appreciate you more than you know. How about this breaking update? U.S. forces attacked in Iraq as Biden was preparing to speak from the Oval Office. It's a little dated, but it was last night. What is what's going on? So wait a minute. We are planning on giving money to the Palestinians. That's going to be intercepted by, of course, Hamas. While Hamas is holding how many U.S. citizens hostage? We don't know. Where the hell is the plan to get them out, Joe? Why wasn't that the beginning Hello, America. This, this is me, okay? I'm President Wendy O'Toole. That's my married name, and I would go with that. Wendy Bell O'Toole. All right. Hello, America. We demand our hostages back. We will provide no assistance to anyone until that happens. Gaza will get no water. They will have no electricity. They won't have anything until we get our people out. Do you understand? Oh, by the way, We want to help Israel. They're one of our staunchest and closest allies. We care about what they're going through. All of this Hamas pro-Palestine stuff going on in America is shameful. However, if I'm Joe Biden, I'm going to say, and I welcomed it in with my predecessor, Barack Obama. Yes, I did. And now you are reaping what we have sown. A heightened terror alert. You guys hear about this? This worldwide terror alert? Has that ever happened? Not in my lifetime. Why are we all supposed to be on the alert? Seems like all the little pieces that these people have decided to put up, all the dominoes that needed to fall are falling so we can get involved in war. What is the greatest cover up of your own criminality? What is the last thing that you need to do in order to create the perfect smokescreen? Whether it's you taking money from foreign governments and giving Beneficial policy decisions that impact those countries, whether it's allowing a fly, a, a spy balloon to fly over the continental United States or to deposit classified documents that you've stolen from a secure skiff in Congress all over the place, right, so that certain people can have access to those things or allowing a guy to be your special envoy to Iran who has mishandled classified documents or it's allowing somebody who's working with the Iranian government in a in an information operation right here in the United States to contain to continue to have her top level security clearance. All of this is going on in this country right now. As Joe Biden said last night, I need more money. I need more money. Look, I don't know. We don't need to be so divisive, he says. Of course, after, you know, mega Republicans. Those are the people. He's talking about Islamophobia. Nobody's talking about that, Joe. We've got Americans to rescue. What are you doing? You're doing nothing. So U.S. forces attacked in Iraq as Biden is preparing to speak. That's pretty scary. Multiple attacks on Americans in multiple countries. What, Lebanon? Our embassy there, angry people outside the embassy waiting to do what? Gin up another Benghazi? Is it beyond the realm? Of course not. What's going on in Syria? Not to mention Israel, Gaza, all of it, a powder keg because of these clowns. So what did Biden say yesterday, last night? 15 minutes of of weak, mumbling Never once calling out Iran for what they've done, which we've, of course, funded. Well, $6 billion, but it's, it's not going to go where you are. It, it's going to buy crayons for the kids and blankets. It's not going to do anything else. It's humanitarian aid. Right. And that was the safest, most secure election in history. Okay. So we have a series of audio sound bites as American servicemen and women are in the crosshairs all across the world. And not to mention, we don't have a firm number on how many Americans are being held hostage, if they're even alive. Why should we presume they are? If Hamas can shoot and kill a wheelchair-bound 16-year-old, reportedly, and her father, if they can cut off the head of a baby, right? What makes us think that those men and women and children are alive? And what are you doing to get them out, Joe? Nothing. I'm doing nothing. I just need more money more money but not for that. I need more money for Ukraine. All right, here we go. Audio soundbite 1. He's going to perpetuate the myth that has been widely debunked that there was an explosion at a hospital in Gaza. Go.
2: The other, I'm heartbroken by the tragic loss of Palestinian life including the explosion at the hospital in Gaza which was not done by the Israelis.
1: No, it wasn't done by uh, Israelis, nor did it happen at the hospital. It was in a freaking parking lot. Have you guys gotten any reports on how many people were injured, if any? How many people were killed, if any? Because they all said 500. So Joe Biden's going to perpetuate that. That's going to be the beginning of this conversation. Now he's going to say, look, the Gazans need our help. They need us to step forward. And I have brokered a deal. I have secured something. No, you haven't. Anything we send anywhere close to those people in Palestine, whether we want to help them or starve out Hamas, which we can't do, is going to be intercepted by terrorism. It's going to be used by terrorists against us. Duh. Audio soundbite number two.
2: The people of Gaza urgently need food, water, and medicine. Yesterday, in discussions with the leaders of Israel and Egypt, I secured an agreement for the first shipment of humanitarian assistance from the United Nations to Palestinian civilians in Gaza. If Hamas does not divert or steal this shipment, these shipments, we're going to provide an opening for sustained delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinians. As I said in Israel, as hard as it is, we cannot give up on peace We cannot give up on a two-state solution.
1: Oh, my heavens. So you're actually saying that apparently Israel is supposed to be negotiating with people who who pair paraglided into a music festival and hunted people down like wild animals and then invaded their neighborhoods and murdered children in their beds and, and that's the two-state solution we're just gonna have to live and get along and that's just gonna be the way it's gonna be we need peace we know full well that they don't want peace they want war they need war which is why two thousand troops have been deployed to the area why is that joe well, we just want to make we just want to send a message like the warships out there in the sea. We're just going to send them out. We're here. Oh, really? Is that what you're doing, Joe? We need relief and we need to help these people. We don't need to help Hawaii. We do need to help the folks in Palestine. Okay, that's the story. And then he says, you know what? This danger could spread. It's almost as like with the heightened that terror alert, worldwide terror alert, which we're going to get to. Don't worry about it. Be aware, everybody, not just if you're in a foreign country. You might want to get out now, says the alert. Bail while we can pull you out. I mean, we can't get you out of Gaza. We, we don't have the ability to do that. Corey Mills can, but we, we can't do that. He's saying, look, this danger could spread. This is serious. Audio sound by 3
2: The risk of conflict and chaos could spread in other parts of the world, in the Indo-Pacific, in the Middle East, especially in the Middle East. Iran is is supporting Russia you, you, in Ukraine. And it's supporting Hamas and other terrorist groups in the region. And we'll continue to hold them accountable, I might add.
1: Yeah, by giving them $6 billion, that's how we're going to hold them accountable. Look, we're going to get our five guys, you get your five guys. And you know what? Just because we can, here's $6 billion. You do what you want with it. I mean, it's your money. We've been holding it. But you know what? It's it's Go ahead and do what you need to do. That is your president. Then he says, look, we're trying to build a better future in the Middle East. You know what the Middle East wants, Joe? You to get the hell out of its country! Go.
2: The United States and our partners across the region are working to build a better future for the Middle East. One where the Middle East is more stable, better connected to its neighbors, and through innovative projects like the Indian Middle East Europe Rail Corridor, that I announced this year at the summit of the world's biggest economies. More predictable markets, more employment, less raids, less grievances, less war when connected. It benefits the people who would benefit the people of the Middle East and would benefit us.
1: Really? Y- 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 really? This is what you're talking about when we have American hostages? When Israelis were slaughtered, you're talking about some initiative to continue... The never-ending gravy train of spending, but but it gets worse. And, and you're going to hear from Britt Hume, ABC. He's been there for a gazillion years, right? And you're going to choke when you hear what he says. Saying, Joe Biden, it was glorious. What a man. What a leader. What hacks. Don't go anywhere. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program back right after this. So let's talk about where Joe Biden wants this money to go, right? Where's all this money going to go? Of course, I had that page pulled up on my thing and now it's gone. So $100 billion, $14 billion for Israel, $60 billion for Ukraine. What are you doing? What are you freaking building? What do you need? You need a never-ending flow of money. And the greatest way to justify that, look at Afghanistan. We were there for 20 freaking years. Now, if you were to ask the people of Iraq and Afghanistan, what do you think about the United States people being here? What do you think about troops being here? What what, Was it better, worse? What's going on now? What better way to stay in power and to stay rich than to perpetuate this notion of never-ending war? As a mom, though, don't you dare come ask, ask our kids to fight, because we don't support this administration. Fourteen billion for Israel and sixty for Ukraine, ten billion for general humanitarian aid. Right? General human? Eh. You know, little of this, little of that. That's eh, ten billion dollars. What? A hundred billion dollars, ladies and gentlemen is $257 million every single day for the next year. You guys think you can afford that? Of course not. $7 billion for the Indo-Pacific. Why? $100 million for Gaza, so we can just give it right to, to Hamas. $14 billion to process illegals faster at the border. Bring more in. Hurry up. The window's closing more. Anybody who votes yes on this needs to pri- be primaried out. Done. Get out. See, this is the problem when you don't trust your government. This is the problem when you don't trust technology. This is the problem when you don't trust medicine. This is the problem when you don't trust science. This is the problem when you don't trust anything. Not the media Not these hacks in government who lie for a living, enrich themselves, and screw you over with ridiculous spending that never stops. Matt Gaetz specifically said, I'm done. We were very purposeful in saying to Kevin McCarthy, we'll give you the gavel if you promise. Budget items are one at a time. One at a time. We get 72 hours to read the measure. We get robust time to discuss them. And then there's a vote. You get time for changes and then we'll pass it or we won't. Sure, he said. And then he didn't do it. We'll pack your bags and get the hell out. Here's Joe Biden who cannot read. He's having a difficult time with the teleprompter. Ladies and gentlemen, I get it. I've read a teleprompter for 30 years. It's not complicated. Okay. You do not have to be a rock star to read words in front of you. Joe Biden can't do it. Go. It's
2: a NATO ally. We will defend every inch of NATO which a, which a treaty requires and calls for. We'll have something that we do not seek. Make it clear we do not seek. We do not seek to have American troops fighting in Russia or fighting against Russia.
1: I'm going to say that's kind of a... Kind of a big point to drop there. Maybe you don't want to flub that up. We're not trying to start a war with Russia. We're just dancing on the perimeter so we can pass all sorts of expensive legislation that does nothing for anybody, certainly the least of whom are the innocent civilians caught in the crossfire. But remember, we have to come together as one. Kumbaya. We are the United States, says Joe Biden. It's not a time for divisiveness. It's time for joy and for unity. Listen.
2: I must renounce violence and vitriol. See each other not as enemies, but but as fellow Americans. Really?
1: You call us MAGA extremists? You send the freaking FBI to our house! You've thrown away in the D.C. gulag how many people to create the illusion of an insurrection alive and finally... We can't let politics get in the way of what we're all trying to do, which is perpetuate a monster money laundering operation. Go.
2: I know we have our divisions at home. We have to get past them. We can't let petty, partisan, angry politics get in the way of our responsibilities as a great nation.
1: So there you go. There's Joe Biden, the leader, the uniter, the great dignity, you know, embodied man. Right. Here's Brit Hume. I said ABC. He's Fox. Listen to him. It was truly moving. It was the best thing ever Go.
0: Well, I think it may be remembered as one of the best, if not the best, speeches of his presidency. He was firm. He was unequivocal. He was strong, as he has been, particularly uh, in recent days when he was before he went to Israel and while he was over there. I was struck by the fact that he spent as much time as he did on Ukraine, and I think it was a good thing that he did.
1: Apparently, Brit Hume has a price tag, too, just like Steve Scalise and Mike Kelly and 12 other rhinos who've been taking money from FTX. Doesn't it make you feel good, ladies and gentlemen, that you can see it for what it is and you can identify the hacks in such a, such a short period of time, right? You're like, wait, I know what that sounds like. That sounds like a hack. Is it possible, my friends, that we have an intention, intentional intelligence failures to lead us into world war. Oh, yes. It's not just possible. It's probably likely. We're going to walk into this before we welcome our national security analysts. Don't go anywhere. You know, one of the things that's kind of interesting about having a talk radio program such as this, and, and my number one, I guess characteristic or my number one hat that i wear in my life it's not a political analyst it's not being connected with people in washington dc i'm not but i pay the bills in my family i'm a mom i don't have security clearance to know what goes on in the pentagon i'm not an expert in geopolitical influences i don't know everything about war But what I can see is dots connecting. We can also follow money. We can hear people lie. You just did in Joe Biden. And you can see very clearly patterns emerging. The same pattern of Steve Scalise and 13 other Republicans taking money from FTX as part of this donor mule debacle operating along the same lines. As Joe Biden and his crime family syndicate spreading out the money they were paid, their own personal millions of dollars of enrichment scattered throughout multiple family members, multiple accounts, 20 different shell companies, all sorts of little deposits. It's all the same thing. And the way to stay above that fray for them is to continually have a bad guy. That bad guy, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be people who went to the Capitol on January 6th, whether it be people who decided to make up their own mind about whether or not they wanted to get a vaccine for a virus they'd already had and believed they were naturally protected against. All of these things, whether you believe that you have the right as the parent of your child who you created... To be in charge of their decisions, to make sure that they are protected, that it's not a teacher or an administrator or a groomer intercepting them, right? These are all the smokescreen enemies that people who suck need in order to divert attention away from themselves. And it's so common too, as we hear, that they point fingers and blame these other people, Trump has been a huge one, for doing, allegedly, they say, exactly what it is that they have done. It's very transparent in a dark, dirty, nasty way. So we started paying some attention to news most recently. Do we should we have people from Iran who represent the interests of the Iranian government, which is not congruous with American values in any capacity? Should we have these people with top secret security clearances in our government and in top level positions to influence policy directly to Joe Biden himself. Of course not. I wanna drop two stories on you and we're gonna have our national security expert John Guandolo coming up. And he's gonna walk through a lot of this stuff, like this this national, this global alert for all Americans, be on the alert. Something's gonna happen. They know something's gonna happen because they created the seeds of it happening. Duh. And there will always be another bad guy, right? Putin. It's his fault. No. This is planned by our government. Member of Iranian Influence Network to keep security clearance after Pentagon review. Wait, what? What are you talking about, Washington Free Beacon? Here's your story. A senior Pentagon official who was recently outed as an alleged member of an Iranian government run influence operation will keep her top security clearance, top secret and her access to all those top secret details following an internal review, an internal review by the very dirtbags who've allowed her to come in and to operate as a go-between between our government and the Iranian government. Hey, let's give you top-secret security clearance so you can get all sorts of stuff and you can share that with the Iranian government, right? At the same time that all of a sudden, what, Hamas paraglides into a music festival and decides to slaughter more than 1,000 people? And everybody's like, wow, this timeline is just is so weird. Like, it's almost like it's connected, Really? Her name is Ariane Tabatai. I don't even know how to say her last name. Tabat, I don't know. She's a hack. She's a senior official in the Defense Department Special Operations Office. She was identified last month by the website Semaphore. I highly recommend this website. S-E-M-A-F-O-R. Semaphore. As a member of the Iran Experts Initiative. What's that you say? Because, you know, when I hear Iran... My eyes glaze over. I think that there's no possible way I'm intelligent enough about what are the inner machinations of why people hate us so much, why terrorists would want to kill us so fervently, and you almost can't you can't stomach it. See so you, you stop paying attention until you start paying attention, and then you're like, oh boy. So this gal, Tabitabai, her alleged membership. In this Iran Experts Initiative, which is an Iranian government propaganda network run by Tehran's foreign ministry and tasked with advancing the Islamic Republic's interests among policymakers in D.C. Oh, goody. We want this gal with access to top secret stuff who's dealing with the Iranian government, whose goal is to influence our government's policy decisions. And how are they going to do that? Well, this woman's alleged membership in the organization drew some concerns among Republican lawmakers. Why is it always the Republicans? Don't Democrats care whether or not we're in danger? No, apparently not. Who demanded her security clearance be pulled pending a review into her possible ties to the Iranian government, which helped orchestrate the Hamas terror group's most recent strike on Israel. Why is anyone even loosely connected to Iran and Hamas in our government? Well, that would be just one of those silly questions that a not-really-political, geopolitical person like I would ask, right? Right. We don't want these people here, right? Well, apparently we do. Now, the Pentagon did not disclose. They investigated, apparently. We looked into her. She's clear. She's all good. So she kept her top secret access, which she has right now. So the Pentagon, of course, not disclosing how the investigation into this chick was carried out. or providing any evidence to show why the senior official remains eligible for his security clearance, right? And then here's Joni Ernst. She's one of a handful of Republicans who are like, wait a minute. Why is this woman having access to top secret documents? The defense counterintelligence and security agency has enrolled all defense department service members, civilians and contractors with a security clearance in its continuous vetting program. This is what they say they've done. We're vetting all of these people. Sort of like you're vetting all the people coming across our border. Ah, that's the most supposed to make you feel better. But it's beyond this gal. All right, I want to go to Semaphore. This is the website I just told you about. And here's this headline. Inside Iran's Influence Operation. Why are we so cozy with Iran? Well, let's find out. In the spring of 2014, senior Iranian foreign ministry officials initiated a quiet effort to bolster Tehran's image and positions on global security issues particularly its nuclear program, by building ties with a network of influential overseas academics and researchers. And they called it the Iran Experts Initiative. Now, what was this all about? They wanted access to nuclear materials. We want to build our own nuclear weapons. Donald Trump pulled out of this. Joe Biden got us right back into this. Barack Obama paved the way and opened the door to this. Now, the scope and the scale of this Iran Experts Initiative has emerged in a large cache of Iranian government correspondence and emails reported for the first time by Semaphore and another website called Iran International. Now, this is the point you need to know. The officials working under the moderate President Hassan Rouhani Congratulated themselves on the impact of this initiative. At least two of the people on the foreign ministry's list were or became top aides to Robert Malley, the Biden administration's special envoy on Iran, who was placed on leave this June following the suspension of his security clearance. (laughs) A special envoy for Iran to the president. The documents offer deep and unprecedented new insights into the thinking and inner workings of Iran's foreign ministry at a crucial time in the nuclear diplomacy, even as Tehran's portrayal of events is questioned, if not flatly denied by others involved in this program. They show how Iran was capable of the kind of influence operations that the U.S. and its allies in the region often conduct. The emails were obtained and translated by Iran International, a Persian language television news channel headquartered in London and shared with Semaphore. The communications reveal the access Rouhani's diplomats have had to Washington's and Europe's policy circles, particularly during the final years of the Obama administration through this Iran experts initiative. One of the German academics in the initiative offered to ghostwrite op-eds for officials in Tehran. Others at times would seek advice from the foreign ministry staff about attending conferences and hearings in the U.S. and Israel. The IEI participants were prolific writers of op-eds and analyses and provided incent- insights on television and Twitter, regularly touting the need for a compromise with Tehran on the nuclear issue, a position in line with both the Obama and Rouhani administrations at the time. Why were these people allowed to come and infiltrate and write, appear on CNN, guest appears on MSNBC, do ghostwriting op-eds in the Wall Street Journal, in the Washington Post, all to create this emotion, this feeling that it only made sense for Tehran, which wasn't a bad group. These are good people. Right. Look at Obama. He's he's got these people in his administration. Come on. We need to open the door, bridge the gap, and let's let them have this access. Are you out of your ever loving mind? And now you have Ariane Tabatabai, whatever, a senior official in the def- in the Defense Department. She's afforded in the Special operations office, who was recently outed as an alleged member of an Iranian government run influence operation, allowed to keep her security clearances top secret. Right. And they want to know we want to know. What did she know? What did she pass along that led to the Hamas attack on Israel? And then you have Robert Malley. A suspended Iranian envoy at the State Department accused of mishandling classified information, which Republicans think is tied to his relationship with members of this Iranian influence operation. We have been compromised. We have been compromised for years. They're lying about these people, allowing them to stay in position as all of a sudden now Joe Biden wants $100 billion of your money to do what? Fight a war he created? that Obama created? Hell yeah, that's what this means. Hence the special warning, ladies and gentlemen, which we will talk about next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So we have people at the highest levels of our government, right? The highest levels of our government, Hamas sympathizers enjoying senior role in Biden's national security apparatus, that's fine makes sense, right? As then Hamas funded by Iran then attacks Israel, right? And now all of a sudden we've got we've got ships there positioned, we've got troops on the way. Joe Biden wants 100 billions of our do- 100 billion of our dollars, only 16 billion to go to Israel, of course, right? And now the State Department sends out a worldwide caution alert to Americans. A rare worldwide alert. This dropped yesterday. I was like, "Say what?" they know something's about to happen because they've allowed it to happen. U.S. State Department on Thursday issuing a worldwide alert to Americans overseas due to the potential for terrorist attacks coming in the midst of heightened tensions in the Middle East due to the Israel-Hamas conflict. It's really not due to that. It's due to our meddling in other governments. Quote, due to increased tensions in various locations around the world, the potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests, the Department of State advises U.S. citizens overseas to exercise increased caution. Well, how do you feel as a Jewish student on a college campus today? Do you need to be overseas to need to uh, use exercise extra caution when apparently you've got... Students on campus who you once were on the same team with, right, when you guys were all part of the same liberal activist organizations bemoaning this or that on campus. Now, all of a sudden, they're chanting death to Jews. Do you think you need to be somewhere out of of town to feel the threat? I'm pretty sure it's all over by design. Now, this, this, this alert also then advises U.S. citizens to remain alert. In locations frequented by tourists. What the hell does that mean? To enroll in the agency's travel program and to follow the agency on social media to receive alerts and updates. Does anybody else smell something really weird here? Where do tourists usually visit? The Statue of Liberty? Where else? Any place where tourists go, the Las Vegas Strip, where else from? I mean, seriously, wherever tourists would go, you want to be careful. Is that all around the world? Is it here at home? The issuance of the rare worldwide alert bulletin comes amid demonstrations and riots across the Middle East in response to the conflict in Israel. Many demonstrators this week have targeted U.S. embassies and other compounds. Also this week, the State Department raised the travel alert for both Israel and nearby Lebanon to a level four, the highest level. I don't know why you would go. The U.S., I mean, Joe Biden went. The U.S. Embassy in Beirut also allowed non-emergency personnel and family members to depart Lebanon and Israel. The Embassy in Beirut, meanwhile, urged U.S. citizens to leave, quote, as soon as As possible, while commercial flights and other options are still available. They know something's coming, of course, because they're in on it. The embassies for France, Canada, Australia, Germany, Sweden and the United Kingdom have issued similar bulletins, according to reports. If you have not already done so, it says, please complete the crisis intake form to provide contact information should we need to reach out to you on short notice. The embassy said in a bulletin that was sent out to American citizens in the broader Middle East region. Please also be aware that the U.S. government has authorized the departure of family members of U.S. government personnel and some non-emergency personnel on a case-by-case basis from Mission Israel and Lebanon. Their embassies are being cleared out, but not their main personnel. Why not? Why? What are they going to do? Hey, angry mob of people who are pro-Palestine do not attack us we are unarmed right and no we have not made a video that you need to react to because i know that's what hillary clinton said way back when this is scary that same u.s embassy bulletin also noted that for americans in israel flights out of the airport in your tel aviv are limited no duh The U.S. State Department is facilitating flights out of the country and is urging those wishing to leave to take advantage of those charters while they are available. Of course, we're going to stick you with the bill later. Americans in Gaza, however, are faced with a more dire situation as U.S. officials are trying to work on possible means to depart the region for citizens trapped there. We have U.S. government officials working 24-7 to try to assist, the bulletin said. Really, if you have not already done so, please complete the crisis intake form to provide contact information should we need to reach out to you on short notice. So what does this mean? Because when John Guandolo, our national security expert, saw this, he and I were sending it to each other at the same time. What do you think, John? What what are we getting greased for? The State Department Worldwide Caution Alert. As a Brooklyn, the stories here in America, too, are, are crazy. A, a Brooklyn street turned into a space of weekly Islamic prayer. What? The 2020 census showing us that most of Dearborn, Michigan is Arab. Wait, what? What? The, the the number of things that we need to talk about with John Guandolo is limitless. Do not miss this next conversation with our national security expert on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.